welcome to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. I'm June Grosso. Every day we bring you insight and analysis into the most important legal news of the day. You can find more episodes of the Bloomberg Law Podcast on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com podcasts. The White House explored the legality of demoting Federal Reserve Chairman Jerome Powell in February, soon after President Trump talked about firing him, according to Bloomberg sources in a Bloomberg exclusive. Joining me is Robert Hockett, a professor at Cornell Law School. So, Bob, can he legally demote the Fed chair? No, he cannot, June. Uh, great to be with you again. Um, we've talked about this, of course, a little bit before uh, in connection with just outright firing him or removing him. Uh, the demotion question is a little bit different than the removal question, but but hardly different at all. And there's a very straightforward reason for this. Um, would you like me to give it to you? Yes, I would. <laughs> and it, let's start with the start with the uh, firing first. Sure. Yeah. So the Federal Reserve Act itself is very clear uh, that Federal Reserve Board members can only be removed for cause. So they're appointed uh, to 14 year terms uh, with the advice and consent of the Senate. They're removable only for cause. And cause is widely understood not to include mere disagreements over policy. And of course, it would be very it would be almost impossible for things to be otherwise. Right. Because the whole point of having uh, the Fed uh, uh, sort of instituted as an administrative agency, the whole point of uh, treating the central bank as something that ought to be independent uh, is precisely in order to allow for independence. Uh, and um, if a president could simply remove Fed board members uh, just because of disagreements with policy, there would be no independence at all on the part of the Fed. So that's the story uh, when it comes to just removal of a board member altogether. Now, the demotion question amounts to almost the same thing for the following reason. Up until the late 1970s, the president could simply choose any given board member and just designate that board member as the chair. And insofar as the president could do that, you might, it sort of might be thought to sort of stand to reason as a matter of symmetry that, you know, if the president can arbitrarily choose the chair from among the board members, then perhaps the president can also arbitrarily de-designate a particular board member as chair and replace that person by another Fed board member. One might have thought something like that. But in the late 1970s, uh, Congress introduced additional legislation amending the Federal Reserve Act, requiring that the Senate have the advise and consent role with respect to the naming of the chair to a four-year term and the vice chair to a four-year term as well. And we generally understand a position that requires the advice and consent of the Senate to fill as carrying with it an implied for cause only uh, restriction when it comes to, re, uh, to to sort of demoting or removing the person from that particular role. So in that sense, you know, sort of demoting Powell to a mere board member from being the chair looks almost to be the same kind of thing as a removal would be, which is to say that it's subject to a for cause restriction, which again would not be understood by the courts to include disagreements over policy. Bob, have the courts actually ruled on this? Have there been occasions to rule on this? 
there have been no occasions to rule on this in connection with the Fed. And that, I think, is because every president before the current president had sufficient respect for our institutions uh, and uh, sufficient respect for the central bank and the imperative of central bank independence as never even to muck around with things like this. The most notorious case of a kind of partial exception uh, was that of President Lyndon Johnson, who notoriously tried to uh, prevail on then-Fed Chair Bill Martin not to raise rates when the Vietnam War expenditures and Great Society program expenditures seemed to be generating inflationary uh, pressure. But even Johnson, as willful and notoriously sort of... uh, uh, self-assertive as he was, didn't try anything this wackadoodle. All he did was invite Bill Martin to his ranch and in Texas and try to persuade him in a golf cart uh, not to raise rates. It didn't work. Uh, Trump, of course, um, is much more, um, I think, contemptuous uh, of the norms of governance than uh, Johnson was. And so, of course, he thought about things like this. But nobody's tried it yet. And so there isn't any precedent, any court precedent when it comes to the Fed itself. There is, however, analogous precedent in connection with other administrative agencies. Probably the most notorious case or the best known case uh, involved the Federal Trade Commission back when President Roosevelt, not Teddy in this case, but FDR, uh, removed uh, then chair of the Federal Trade Commission. Uh, That chair resisted the attempt to remove a suit in court. Uh, He died while the case was pending, but ultimately the court found in favor of that chair. uh, And so all of his back pay that he would have been entitled to uh, went to his estate, went to his children, because it was found by the court that FDR had exceeded his authority uh, in removing that FTC chair. Um, So that's probably that's a a fairly well-known and relatively close, I suppose you could say closely analogous precedent. Uh, And again, it doesn't look very good for Donald Trump. But Bob, don't clients ask their lawyers to look up all kinds of things that that seem ludicrous. And here he has a staff at his disposal, a legal staff. So it didn't surprise me so much that he had asked them to research, or if he did, we don't know whether he directed it or not, whether Mm -hmm. there was research done on this issue. Yeah, so it doesn't, it doesn't surprise me either, June. Um, and there are two reasons. One is, as you say, uh, clients will often ask their lawyers to explore various possibilities. I think most clients, however, probably don't ask their lawyers to explore ludicrous possibilities. So in that sense, this is surprising. On the other hand, we are talking about Trump, and the man is a kind of daily producer of ludicrous actions and words and deeds. Uh, and so in that sense, it's not surprising that Trump would have tried to do this, right? If anybody would, I suppose it would would have been him. Um, you know, so in that sense, yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I'm not that surprised. I'm nevertheless indignant uh, and disgusted uh, because the very idea that a president would actually view uh, the Fed as his plaything uh, in this way, given how long fought the struggle for central bank independence was, is to me just absolutely horrifying. And I'm far from alone in this. As you know, um, all of the talk that Trump was engaging in last December about possibly firing uh, Trump was truly roiling the financial markets because the financial you know, people who are participants in the markets, they understand the importance of predictability and stability, at least where monetary policy is concerned. And the thought of this kind of stochastic, you know, kind of random number generator president tweeting out, you know, attacks on the Fed every day didn't tend to sit well. 
well uh, with investors. Uh, and I think these latest revelations, you know, in an odd paradoxical way, might actually uh, instill a little bit more confidence because um, it might tell us what it seems to tell us is that Trump was thinking about this stuff back then and that his legal counsel presumably uh, persuaded him not to uh, pursue this any further because we haven't heard a lot about it since. He complains about Powell a lot still, but we haven't heard a lot of talk about firing or demoting of late. No, we haven't. Thank you so much, Bob, for that analysis. That's Robert Hockett. He is a professor at Cornell Law School. Thanks for listening to the Bloomberg Law Podcast. You can subscribe and listen to the show on Apple Podcasts, SoundCloud, and on Bloomberg.com slash podcasts. I'm June Grosso. This is Bloomberg.